Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Is the government using American tax dollars to buy products made with forced labor in China? That's what lawmakers on the House Oversight Committee want to know, and they're calling for an investigation to get answers. Entity's Melina Wisecup reports. 18 lawmakers on the House Oversight Committee are asking the Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General to launch an immediate investigation into whether tax dollars are being used to buy solar panels made in China, describing the country as an adversary with a record of human rights abuses and slave labor. 80% uh, of the polysilicon capacity, 80% of the solar panel manufacturing capacity, that's all in China. Specifically, the lawmakers are raising concerns about the U.S. Virgin Islands. The territory is transitioning to solar power, and its governor has plans to make St. Croix 100% powered by solar energy. The DHS awarded the islands $4.4 million in 2021 for a new 28-megawatt solar microgrid project on St. Croix. Now, this criticism from House Republicans comes just months after the Biden administration waived tariffs on Southeast Asian countries as a way to import more solar panel parts because the administration said we had an inadequate supply of solar cells and modules. Now, this is important because the Commerce Department has been investigating whether China is using those very Southeast Asian countries, countries like Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, and Cambodia, in order to set up shop there and get a around existing U.S. tariffs, in practical terms, here's exactly what that means. China will, you know, mostly assemble a solar panel, send it to another country, maybe Malaysia, to have a few screws tightened, and then send it off to the United States. You know, there's a big, you know, internal tension between the Biden administration right now because they want to increase the amount of solar that's on the grid pretty dramatically uh, over the next 10 years. But you can't really do that if you're dependent on this country that is responsible for 80% of all the solar panel uh, production if you care about the fact that they're using slave labor to do it. So they're kind of relaxing their moral guidelines in order to increase the amount of solar. China has dominated the solar industry through heavy subsidies. And with that latest Inflation Reduction Act that President Biden just signed into law, the U.S. is now beginning to subsidize renewable energy. But without yet having the capacity to produce those solar panels and other renewable energy parts here at home. And it will take a very long time before the U.S. can match China in this production and revive a solar industry that has been decimated over the past 20 years. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Minority leader Kevin McCarthy and a group of House Republicans have a plan to combat the CCP's nefarious activities if they take the majority in November. One congressman involved is Representative Randy Weber of Texas. We spoke with him shortly after the group's press conference yesterday. Here's a look. Congressman Randy Weber, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us, Steve. Congressman, you were part of a group of members uh, of Congress that announced a new act uh, to close in on Chinese espionage. Uh, if you could tell us, what prompted this bill? Well, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure it out that the Chinese are not our friends. There's so much history here, and as you know, we're aimed at taking back the House, the Republicans are, and God willing, we'll get the Senate too, and then we'll hold this administration accountable. China has been stealing stuff from us for so long, 
uh, as you may or may not know, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader right now, he'll be, the, of course, the next speaker. Uh, he went to Nancy Pelosi a couple of years ago and said, look, we ought to, fi ought to form a China uh, task force, uh, bipartisan, both, you know, Democrats and Republicans, and we ought to get to the bottom of some of this stuff. As you know, Trump closed down the uh, Chinese um, consulate here in Houston, the China, Chinese consulate here in Houston. I live in Friendswood, South Houston, about 20 miles. And so China has been bad actors for a long time. Pelosi agreed. That we would form a China, that they would form a China task force, and then as it got time to actually put it together, she backed out. They're bad actors. They kill Uyghurs. They are such terrible human rights violators, uh, and so uh, it's about time. And of course, Biden will do nothing toward trying to rein them in. But that's kind of the background. We know that China has been a real bad actor for a long time, as you know pandemic really highlighted that. Supply chains are, are bad. Uh, we don't need China manufacturing our medicine, manufacturing our chips, and sending fentanyl across the southern border through the Mexican drug cartel. One of the things you also touched upon was uh, China's human rights abuses. Uh, China, China, you know, goes to great lengths to try to keep their image uh, glossy on the world stage. Uh, do you think that this will be something that, um, you know, the Republicans will be talking about more if they were to take power? Well, well, absolutely. And let's take the if out of that sentence. When they, when we are to take power, uh, absolutely we are. And you already know this, that. Uh, the, the Democrats put, I forget the exact total, $240 billion in the last uh, bill to buy uh, solar panels and windmills from, of all places, China. And so we'll be talking about it more and more. We want the American people, the American public to know how bad the Democrats' policy has been. Uh, of course, inflation, you go all, all down the, the kinds of things. And I'm sure you know, the Chinese provide the fentanyl for most of the drugs that's coming from our southern border, and I'm sure you know that, and here's an astounding, astounding statistic, 100,000 Americans are dying each year, ages 18 to 45, from fentanyl, that, and that's 300 Americans a day. Now, Steve, do this math. Now, that's an entire airliner, more than an entire airliner. We have a major airplane going down in America every single day, killing 300 people, and the Democrats will do nothing about the southern border. China is, is coming in and attacking us to our southern border. The American people need to know that. It's obvious. It's real. They are now in bed with the Mexican drug cartel. And so do you remember El Chapo, Juan Chapo, who was the Mexican heroin king? You know, they, they finally caught him. Uh, China is the heroin and the drug war, and e even... Uh, <laughs> Their best ally, our worst nightmare, our worst enemy, sending fentanyl in to kill our, pe our people from 18 to 45. They've got to be reined in. All of this has to stop, and the border will be part of that legislation, by the way. Carson Randy Weber, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the White House medical advisor, defending the FDA's decision to authorize COVID-19 vaccine boosters without doing any clinical trials on human beings. Here's what he said on Canadian State Broadcasting Network, CBC News, earlier this week. It hasn't been proven in a clinical trial because we don't have time to do a clinical trial because we need to get the vaccine out now because we have such a situation throughout the world and certainly in the United States 
We're having 400 deaths per day. The FDA on August 31st authorized updated boosters by Pfizer and Moderna. The CDC recommends the boosters to all Americans age 12 and above. Pfizer and Moderna presented data from testing done on mice. There is no human data available. In a briefing this week, the White House said COVID-19 vaccinations will likely become an annual occurrence, just like flu shots. Infectious disease expert Dr. Jim Mean joins us to weigh in. Dr. Jim Mean, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. It's great to be with you. Doctor, the uh, White House has just recently signaled that the vaccine will turn into, or the booster uh, will turn into an annual shot. Uh, why are we seeing this trans- transition away from the, uh, you know, the boost, really? Well, um, yeah, great question. And they signaled it by buying 170 million doses of an experimental vaccine that's only been tested on eight mice. Uh, this is not science and medicine. This is not the scientific process. This, in my, in my opinion, this is corporatocracy. This is the, um, the FDA being captured by the pharmaceutical industry. It's no surprise to me that they're gonna turn this into a revenue stream that's a once a year booster. By the way, once a year isn't gonna, isn't gonna help anybody except the pharmaceutical company. These vaccines are, you know, they last about three months, three to four months at best with antibodies only. That's, and those antibodies seem to be enhancing the coronavirus disease. SARS-CoV-2 and heavily vaccinated individuals is showing enhancement. They're not protected from hospitalization or death. And we're now to the point where we're going to experiment further on the American population with a bivalent vaccine that's only been tested in eight mice and only tested to see if it produced more antibodies. Antibody elevation does not equate to protection. It does not, has not shown to prevent hospitalizations or death. And I just beg our public health agencies to to reclaim science, to start the scientific method again and stop serving the pharmaceutical interests. Doctor, to your point, uh, Dr. Fauci has just come out and said that uh, we don't have time to run uh, clinical trials for updated uh, boosters. Dr. Fauci has been wrong on every point of the vaccine. Of course, he flips and flops, tries to get back on the right side of the equation, but he's wrong on this. We, we can't afford not to take the time to conduct the, the safety science. We can't afford to do that. I'm looking at the data every day. I've read over 11,000 of the vaccine adverse event reporting system reports of death. There's 30,000 deaths, more than 30,000 deaths reported in the one database that was set up by Congress to monitor safety signals of vaccines. 30,000 people have died, and that's in a database that is probably underreporting by a factor of 41. So it's possible that this vaccine has led to the deaths of 1.2 million Americans. I think that number is probably underestimated, quite honestly. I think there are very few Americans that don't have one degree of separation from a family who was whose loved one was vaccinated and died. I know I am. I've, I've just lost um, three days ago a, a surgical technician that worked with me for many years, had just turned 40. Two days after getting a booster, he died. Uh, found unresponsive in his bed. I'm still struggling with the loss of that good friend. Why are we still giving the pharmaceutical companies an absolute free pass, no liability, no, they have no liability when these vaccines are killing 
30,000 or 1.2 million vaccine recipients. There's still no one to hold accountable. And I think that's all of these things are mark a tragedy, a historic tragedy in medicine that will uh, get on the right side of this history because historically this is the biggest mistake we've ever made in the history of medicine, science, the scientific method, and, and turning over public health to the pharmaceutical industry. Doctor, we're uh, very sorry to hear about the uh, loss of a personal friend that you have. We, we are hearing more and more about uh, SADS, this sudden adult death syndrome. Uh, you're reading about it. Uh, you're seeing um, young, healthy athletes just collapsing and dying. Is this because we're more focused on it and it was something that would always happen or is this a real concern? No, this is a real concern. This is not something that we're just now noticing. This is people that have been vaccinated, that whose hearts are inflamed, the, the youngest, strongest members of our population that are being compelled because of their, their athletic organization is forcing them to get a vaccination. These deaths on the soccer field, or as, as uh, Julie Chen, a, a national news reporter here in Tulsa, had a, a TIA, she had a stroke live on the air just two weeks ago. You know, how these, all of these personalities, um, previously healthy individuals are having these um, sudden deaths sudden strokes, um, they're, they're vaccine injuries, Steve, and we've got to stop pretending that it's anything other than what we failed to do. We did not do the scientific, we did not apply the scientific method. We didn't do adequate safety testing. We warp speeded this thing. We checked it on eight mice. We're using low level observational studies funded by Pfizer, Moderna and conflicted interests and we're getting, we're getting pseudoscience to support a false narrative for a vaccine that has failed. And we're just continuing to push it in more and more arms. I don't know what's driving that. I really don't know what level of incompetence, ignorance, or perhaps malevolence is driving it, but it's gotta stop. And people need to be told the truth. And I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my truth as I see it as someone that took an oath to do no harm, took an oath as a member of the United States Army to defend the citizens of this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And I think we've got some domestic enemies that are perpetrating harmful medical interventions on the population. Dr. Jim Meem, really appreciate your perspective and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Keep up the great work. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.